I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast. This is the second podcast in the series on the dark side of working from home. And today we're looking at the challenges of managing people who are working from home. We're going to look at two different challenging situations underperformers who work from home, and those who may not be underperforming, but they're just simply not engaged anymore. So let's put this all in context first. So the COVID-19 pandemic comes along and forces many, many, many people to work from home for obvious matters of public health and safety. It eliminates commutes, brings families closer together, well, at least geographically, with the college kids coming home and the like, and forces upon us a much greater blending of work life and home life than most have ever experienced. And in the early days of the pandemic, this experience was shrouded in fear. We were afraid to leave our home to do basic tasks like go to the grocery store. This further bonded us to our domiciles. And in addition to it cementing us to our homes, the pandemic has prompted many, many of us to reevaluate priorities. On one end of the spectrum were people much like me, who, whether we wanted to or not, were forced to have more family time. And just as an aside, don't get me wrong, I did find the silver lining and I truly enjoyed the extra family time. And we had some once-in-a-lifetime memories made. So I do appreciate it. But on the other end were People like the outgoing engineer that I referred to in the last episode who lived alone and craved human interaction. And of course, there were people all across the spectrum, families negotiating co-parenting in multiple households, working professionals helping to care for their aging parents, and so much more. I also think it's fair to say that the pandemic forced American working professionals to take a much-needed collective breath. Statistics have shown for decades that the average American worker works longer hours and takes less vacation than just about anybody else in the world. India has us beat, but I don't think anyone would want bragging rights or should want bragging rights in this category. Amidst being cemented to our homes, reevaluating our priorities, and taking a collective breath, Some have discovered, much to the chagrin and dismay of their employers, and specifically their managers, that they aren't in love with their jobs. Here's an example from a listener. A number of our staff were sharing stories practically bragging about the considerable amount of time that they spent during the workday doing non-work activities during their work-from-home days. Since they always have their cell phones on them and they can immediately respond to calls and emails, it's almost impossible to know where they are and whether or not they're working. Remote workers also shared that they didn't take sick days when they were ill because they didn't want to give up the pay for unused days, and they wanted that pay later. She goes on to say, 
The bottom line is that our staff are being paid to put in a full day of work. If they complete everything that's due in less than their eight hours, they're expected to pick up projects from others or work on keeping their own work organized and on track, just as they would if they were in the office. Signed, fed up and frustrated. Now, before I give any advice or offer any ideas for fed up and frustrated, I want to take a step back. Who are the staff who are not working while working from home? Now, not specifically their names. I don't want to know their identities per se, but rather, what sort of people are they? What makes them tick? And why are they in their jobs? They don't sound like people who were born to do this work for this organization with this manager at this time. Frankly, they'd rather be somewhere else, anywhere else. Now, I'm not saying to fed up and frustrated or anybody who might be in a similar situation that you hired wrong. You did the best you could with the candidate pool that you had. And likewise, if you're the employee in this case, you needed the work and the income. And this was the best thing going at the time on both sides of the equation. And in the office, it worked. And so did the person. But did it work because they felt watched? Supervised, if you will? If the only way you're interested in doing your work is if you're under someone's thumb, well, that's not a very satisfying prospect. It would be like trying to get your kid to do their homework by sitting them at the kitchen table and forcing them to do it while you watched. Of course you know what's going to happen when this sort of external policing is in place. The minute you step away as a parent to answer a phone call or handle something in a different room, your child is going to jump on their device and play a video game, they're going to text a friend, or they're going to grab a snack from the pantry. Anything but do that homework. So we have to find a different way. With the kid doing the homework and the employee doing the work at home, or not doing the work at home, as it were, we need to find a different way. Now remember back to what I said just a moment ago. These don't sound like the people who were born to do this work for this organization with this manager at this time. That's at least three different levels that we can adjust. Doing this work for this organization with this manager and a fourth at this time. So find out with each employee, how do they feel about the work? Is this simply a way to earn a living and they don't care about the work itself as we examine the work? And for some employees, that's absolutely going to be the case. And then you'll need to find out what makes them tick, what they care about. Make a dotted line from the work to that. Have them see this job as a means to an end for the thing that they actually care about, whether that's their mortgage or saving for their children's education or doing something fun on the weekends that has nothing to do with work. But they need a roof over their head and some money to do that thing that they love on the weekends. So again, help them see the dotted line from the work to their interests outside of work. Now, the worst case here is if you're genuine, it will build trust, which is going to help those work from home employees actually work a bit more from home because, you know, trust is intertwined with loyalty. And when you feel loyal, you don't want to let someone down. Now, the worst, worst case is if you're not genuine, 
then a conversation like this is going to seed suspicion, it's going to erode trust, and it's going to inspire the employee to try to get away with something, much like that kid jumping on their phone or their device when their parents look away. Now, maybe it's not the work itself. Maybe it's the second lever, the organization. So in this case, the employee enjoys the work, but they don't want to do it for your organization. And maybe that happens to be, let's say, for example, an accounting firm. They find accounting boring, and they don't really understand the value that it brings to the clients that your organization serves. (laughs) Now, obviously, this person better not be an accountant, but somebody who is in more of a staff role. But if that's the case, and they don't really understand the value that it's bringing to the clients, then that's going to leave them feeling unfulfilled because they simply don't feel like their contribution. And we all, deep down, want to feel like we're positively contributing to something outside of ourselves. Now, if this is the case with your employee, you're going to need to get curious and really connect with the employee to find this out. As I said earlier, when we're talking about the work itself, if you have this conversation genuinely, worst case, it will build trust and let the employee know that you care about them. And from there, you can make those dotted lines more clear. So the staff member sees how they're contributing to solving business problems for the clients that you serve, and their contribution to that becomes more clear. And with any luck, their engagement will go up and they will work more while working from home. Or you may find out that no matter what, they can't stand accounting firms or they can't stand your particular accounting firm. In that case, it's time to start the process of coaching them right on out of the organization into a place that's going to be a better fit for them. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Now, maybe it's the third lever, the manager, and maybe that's even you. But more accurately phrased, it's really the relationship between the staff member and the manager. So it's the relationship between you and the staff member. Now, as a quick side note, if it's the manager themselves across many staff members and many functions, then it may be time to coach that manager out of the organization. Or if that's you, it might be time to find a new role for yourself. But going back to the relationship itself, building a stronger relationship in order to get the trust, the loyalty, and the greater engagement that it's going to take to get the work from home employee to actually work from home is a process that's built in many small steps over time. If the employee is skilled at their job and well-suited for your industry, let's say it's accounting, then you'll need to work on the relationship with the employee. So here are a few ideas for doing just that, whether you're co-located or whether one or both of you are working remotely. Number one, 
find some balance between checking in and checking up. The difference here is when checking in, you're having the how are you conversation. And when you're checking up, you're having the are you getting your work done conversation. And of course you need to have them both, but odds are if you have a disengaged, checked out employee and the relationship is suffering, odds are you need to add more of those check-ins into the mix. And we need to do this overtly and specifically and intentionally when one or more parties are working remotely. Because it says, I care. I'm concerned about you. Now, when we're co-located, there are many subtle and simple things that we can do that say, I care. I'm concerned about you. Like saying good morning or smiling at someone in the hallway. Those simple gestures go a very long way towards building the relationship, and they're super easy to do when we're in the office together. But when we're not co-located, we need to find other ways to do that. We need to be more intentional about doing that. So a phone call or a Teams meeting that is just about checking in with one another and finding out how are you will certainly help get you there. Tip number two. Talk with your staff members about their professional goals. You might also talk with them about their personal goals, but only if they take the conversation in that direction. With regard to their professional goals, how are they hoping to grow in their current role? Do they want to be cross-trained on other roles, take a lateral move, or learn some new skills? And maybe in that kind of a conversation, you'll find out that they just simply want to ride out their current role until retirement with no change. In which case, you can focus on what they bring to the team from a continuity and consistency perspective, because all teams need that. And this is an important function that can help them feel important and see their role differently as part of the team. They're leading from the side if they're driving continuity and consistency. (laughs) But of course, don't go there if that isn't true. Uh, If they are absolutely a detriment to the culture rather than a contribution to the culture, it may be time to coach them out of the role. Now, step three, recognize that employees for their work, introverted, extroverted, or anywhere in between, we love to know when we've made a difference. And these days, so much communication is landing as transactional communication when people are working remotely. I need you to do this, send me that file, edit this document, and so on. And that erodes the relationship. If employees feel only like task rabbits without any acknowledgement for the work that they're doing or acknowledgement for the conditions under which they're doing it, it can easily lead to a lack of engagement, which is going to take us back to the NWFH, the not working from home. Research commissioned by the Achievers Workforce Institute in February of this year found that 74% of workers want more recognition for their work. 74%, that is just shy of three quarters of our workforce who want more recognition for their work. Now, again, sometimes if their work is not up to par, you might look to acknowledging them for the conditions under which they're working, because especially for working parents or people with lots of things happening in their house or people with nothing happening in their house and they're incredibly lonely, the conditions under which they're working may not be ideal. So you may have an opportunity to acknowledge them for the conditions under which they're working, if not the work itself. And remember that humans crave acknowledgement. 
If you've been around my podcast or my work for any length of time, you've probably heard me say this, what gets acknowledged gets repeated. In fact, let me repeat that again for emphasis. What gets acknowledged gets repeated. And some of your employees are craving that acknowledgement. Now, I can't leave this topic without a few words to the employee who may not be, uh, let's say, bringing their A game every single day. I've got some advice for you. I want to start with a question. And the question is, is this job still right for you? Is the time right for you to be in this role with this organization, with this manager? If you know for sure that it isn't, then get on with your career and go find the next thing. I implore you, I applaud you, and I encourage you. Get a move on because your career is on the line here. Go find that next thing. Go find something that's rewarding, that's inspiring, and that works with your life as it is right now. Now, on the other hand, if you're burned out and engaged, but you wish you weren't, and you do think that this is still the right role for you, but you're just not connected to it, let your manager know. Share this podcast with them and let them know where you're at. Let them know what's missing or what's not working and how they can help. Because you see, it's not all their responsibility to make your work life hum along or your career hum along. It's on you just as much, if not more, than it is on them. Take personal responsibility for your satisfaction in your job. You deserve to be engaged at work. You are a contribution. Make sure that you find your sweet spot where you do want to do your job and where you do want to do your very best at it. And for all of the hours that you're being paid to work, not just a few of them. All right. So there you have it, my friends, another angle on the dark side of working from home (laughs) and those who don't work from home when they should be working from home. So managers, try these three tips and let me know how it goes. And employees, step up and take personal responsibility for your role and your career, especially if you're feeling burned out or disengaged. And by all means, please let me know how it goes when you have that conversation. Now, starting next week on the podcast, because I love your stories so much, I'm going to start interviewing listeners on the podcast. I'll be interviewing regular people with regular jobs. I'm sitting down with real people and we're... Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations. We're going to talk about what's working and what's not working at work. So watch for those episodes starting next week. And until then, be well and take good care.